Welcome to Couch Crouches. This is Jim. And I'm Joe. All right, take two. Yeah, <laughs> right off the bat. So we got uh, about 30 minutes into the podcast and realized that we weren't recording. Mm-hmm. I do this shit every now and again. It happens. So, um, But you know what? We got to try out some material, mm-hmm. and it started turning into a fairly compelling podcast. Yeah, we had, we so. had some really good stuff, so hopefully so. We'll, we'll recapture them. I think we'll be okay. So, um, as you know, uh, conspicuous by his absence is a uh, very special guest, Gonzo. Mm-hmm. No, he is not, he doesn't hate us or anything like that. No, he has uh, work tonight. He's, um, you know, besides all the cool stuff that he does and the fact that he programs and stuff like that for a living, but he also moonlights working on um, sets and theater tech. Mm-hmm. And considering that Joe and I are in the theater and such, um, there's really no, nah. you know, no, no reason to give him shit for that. Mm-hmm. So uh, we do love him, even though he is, yeah, that. So I, I feel like, you know what, I, I feel like I, we have to do that again, but it needs to be a little louder. Yeah. So There you go. Okay, there you go. Um, so what you been up to? Uh, so It's been a week. It has been a week. Um Saw Heather's the musical for the first time. Really dug it. Really dig that music a lot. I mean, it's it's not the world's greatest music, but the uh, musical. But the music is the a music lot is of fun. Super I mean, the killer. show is yeah. fun. Yeah. Um, and there was some real talent in that show. Um, met some semi-important people, and then got some got some big news that I'm not technically allowed to share yet. <sighs> so fucking cool. But though. as soon as I'm allowed to, and we record, I'm gonna be screaming it from the rooftops. I do have to admit. That I'm mildly, mildly bitter mm. that I don't get to take part in this. I just want to just say this. Um, I'm not gonna lie. So um, you are not the only one. <laughs> yeah, I know, but I'm the only one, only one that matters. <laughs> um, so anything else? Um, no, I think that's about it. All right. Uh, oh, there's me. Um, yeah. What have you been? What up have to? I been doing? I'm show prepping. Um, yes. Got it. Yes. Got a show um, that my wife and I are producing and I direct. Uh, Every summer I run a summer theater program up uh, here in Connecticut where we live. And Joe's been involved with it for a couple of years Mm -hmm. as well. Yeah. Um, Check out Mm -hmm. www.cirillosummertheater.com. C-I-R-I-L-L-O summertheater.com. I I always think I'm going to spell it wrong and I never do. You never do. I know. (laughs) Um, Yeah, up in Windsor. Connecticut. Oh, I run their summer theater program. And again, as I said, Joe's been in it a couple times. Yeah. Uh, always has a good time. And we're doing Sweeney Todd this summer. Which is my favorite. So, very excited. Um, I, I'm going to break it to Joe to tell him that he's going to have to uh, at least shave part of his beard for the no, show. I'll, I'll... Although I think mutton chops mm-hmm. need to happen. How do you feel about mutton chops? I can do mutton chops. How do you feel about, about the lemmy? Which is yeah. like the mutton chops into just the mustache. Ooh. I don't know. We're playing with it. Yeah. I'm playing with it. So uh, I'll tell you something funny. You'll appreciate this, Mister mm-hmm. Mister. Uh, I'll be Santa Claus for Forty mm-hmm. Second Street. My wife, she knows the name of the show. Mm-hmm. She knows the show. No, she doesn't actually know the show that well, but she knows the name of the show. Right. But she cannot stop calling it the Barber of Seville. <laughs> <laughs> it's the fucking and she gets pissed every time she says it. she's like mm-hmm. yeah so the Barber of Seville son of a bitch so. Like, no, dear, it's the demon barber of Fleet Street. Mm. 
She's like, shut the fuck up. I'm like, okay. No, but I'm I'm good to shave my beard. I shave my head for Adam's family. I can shave a beard. <laughs> shave your head. You mm-hmm. shave your head. You wear a dress. You, yeah. you know. I'm do it. I do what it takes. Appreciate it. Um. Yeah. So. Um, what else have I been doing? Anything else going on? I have interesting news um, that I will not yet share. But yeah, there's there's a bunch of stuff going on. So you it's, guys are it's, gonna have to listen. Keep I'm telling listening. you. Yeah, I'll keep it out there. Um. Cool. So yeah, I guess we're just gonna kind of kick it off. Um, we're gonna do some news. Mm-hmm. We always like to do some news, and I'll let Joe do the first two. It's just a fair bit of warning. Um, as funny as we will attempt to make the show today, mm-hmm. um, it is kind of um, a bit. Is that your cell phone? I don't think that is that. I think is that's it? your cell phone causing the there rattle. Yeah, it is. Yeah, put it there. You're a fucker. I know my articles. I can leave it over there. Okay. Um, oh no, that's is that my cell phone? Oh, possibly. Possibly not. Eh, maybe not. Who gives a shit? This is. Oh wait, <laughs> listen, folks. This is uh, this is what podcasting is. I'm telling you, <laughs> we're not professionals. And for all we know, the sound didn't even show up on the tape. But that's right. I said the tape. It's adorable. <laughs> I'm 41. Um, today's episode is a little um, probably on the heavy side. Although we'll do everything we can to try to make it, you know, fun. But. Uh, Let's start with some fun. Joe, what are your articles? So uh, my first article, um, and I will uh, address, I'll send you all to the video link at the end of this. Yeah, um, I, I kind of, I guess, like I said, I, I kind of wanted to play mm-hmm. the clip, but I don't have the unmitigated hubris to yeah. think that I can play a Nerdist clip on our fucking podcast, um, so you're going to have to announce it. Yeah, uh, so the um, Nerdist produced Tommy Wiseau's um, Joker audition tape where he is in full Heath Ledger Joker regalia doing lines from both Ledger's Joker and Jack Nicholson's Joker. And um, boy, does he go for it. He really, uh, he puts it all out there. It's not true. It's bullshit. I did not hit her. I did not. Oh, hi, Mark. Because that wasn't going to fucking happen. There's the best moment is they have him do Why So Serious, and he does like three different reads on it. (laughs) And his first one is, Why? So serious? (laughs) And I was like, Tommy, Tommy, I love you. Um, Man, but yeah. And then uh, Greg Sestero, who's his co-star from The Room, comes out and reads and does a fairly passable Christian Bale's (laughs) Batman impression uh, and reads with him. And it is a... It is a fun video. Um, if you just look up uh, Tommy Wiseau Joker audition tape, you'll find it with no problem. It'll yeah. pop right up on YouTube. Um, and it's also Hollywood Reporter posted a big long article about it. He did it, I guess, because uh, the Disaster Artist Blu-ray is coming out, and so he's trying to pump some pump some wind in the sails. But well, he also he, wants to yeah, play he also the Joker. He wanted to play the Joker, so it's like okay, I'm sure you do. Yeah. And uh, so I mean, you can't. I mean, you cannot. You simply cannot go. You can't go wrong with mm-hmm. Tommy. I mean, you can't. It's just, you know, yeah. it never gets old, you know. He's still... Tear me apart, Lisa! Yeah, it doesn't get old, he you just, know. You know, and he's still showing up to showings of the room in big cities and things like that. Man, he's he's just bought into the persona that he has put out there for himself. And you, you can't fault the guy for it. Not at all. Not at all. Uh, um, what, what's your second piece of news? My second article is uh, something that I'm very excited about. And that's um, Robert Downey Jr. has not confirmed, but basically confirmed that they are looking into making a third Guy Ritchie Sherlock Holmes movie. Um, 
it's definitely one of the projects that's on the list, which I know it's been in development hell because of writing for, right. you know, several years. But I think they're finally getting it sort of off the ground. I don't know. They kind of blew their load with Moriarty in the last one. It's like. That's true. I mean, um, and he was awesome. He I was. Mean, but I, yeah. He just kind of just boom, Moriarty. And then. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, so that that first one. That first uh, guy, Richie Sherlock Holmes, I fell in love with that movie when I watched yeah. it. I watched it almost every day when I got it on DVD for like months. Um, and it's partially a Guy Ritchie thing, where just like that style of film. Oh yeah, it's killer. He just like he knows what he's doing. Um, and then it's also like that first one had Mark Strong, which was my introduction to Mark Strong. It was mine as well. Um, and then you got Robert Downey Jr. and Jude Law playing off of each other. It's just not the, half bad. Acting like the best of friends. Man, it was, I I really enjoyed that film. So when it comes to Guy Ritchie films, like mm. my favorite Guy Ritchie film is is Snatch. Yeah. <clears throat> is Snatch. That, mm. movie, that movie is fucking genius. Oh, yeah. But he definitely has a very, you know, not only, you know, like the, you know, the, 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 Super slow motion, super fast, super slow mm-hmm. motion, super that he likes to do that trick he does in all of his films. But also, his movies are all colored very similar. Oh, yeah. There's kind of, it's just very mm-hmm. drab. It's, it's, he's just, a, you know, he's, he's definitely got a, um, he's definitely got a, uh, an aesthetic. Oh, yeah. Which actually we'll talk about film and aesthetic later in our letters mm-hmm. section. Um, that's kind of cool. Okay. So my, my piece of news is, um, the beginning of our of our heavy portion right um but i read this today and um i knew that we were going to do the this subject and then i read this and i'm just like i guess i gotta do this yeah um and i'm getting this out of the guardian.com um but it's 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 across it's across the board any news site will have it Mm -hmm. um elon musk was um was interviewed and I, like I have a very high opinion of Elon Musk. Oh yeah, like I wrote a story when I was a kid about this like genius spirit, which is literally just like a spirit of of genius and invention and innovation, mm-hmm. and how it through history went from person to person to person. Like the first one was like Merlin the magician, and mm-hmm. the next one was you know I think it was like some. I don't know if I said it was like Plato or Aristotle or something, mm-hmm. and then went to like Leonardo da Vinci, and then mm-hmm. as opposed to Leonardo DiCaprio, um, went to Leonardo da Vinci, and then it went, you know, to Einstein or you know, you know, it's oh, what about you or, or Tesla or Thomas Edison? No, it went to Einstein, mm-hmm. and then it went from Einstein to I don't know, like Stephen Hawking or something like that. Mm-hmm. And now, like Steve, like Elon Musk is our generation's yeah. Merlin, mm-hmm. and uh, he was. Um, interviewed uh, a couple days ago and talked about how uh, I mean the headline in the Guardian is Elon Musk says we must colonize Mars to preserve our species in a third world war what the actual fuck Mm -hmm. Um, and you know there are you know there are futurist there are futurists out there Mm -hmm. um Many of them are, you know, are writers. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like you think of people like, you know, like, like Asimov, like, you know, um, you know, although um, I could say like fucking, um, I guess like William Gibson in many ways is mm-hmm. considered a, a futurist, although he's a little more tech. Um, Jules Verne, H.G. Mm-hmm. Wells, yeah. like these guys are, you know, kind of visionary and, you know, like futurists. You know, they write about, you know, 
oh well you know in the year 2000 people will be will have flying cars and you know uh, atomic powered dirigibles right. will you know yeah. everything like that mm-hmm. you know elon musk isn't a writer mm-hmm. um and while he like i said he does have a bit of whimsy this guy is straight up a genius fucking inventor oh, yeah. Yeah. and in his mind and in the mind of many people he's being fucking proactive right. he's not being weird mm-hmm. or crazy He's literally looking at the state our world is in, mm-hmm. and he's going, "Okay, well, Donald Trump's about to, you know, says he has plans to meet with Kim Jong Un, right, in fucking North Korea, and if you get these two fucking idiots in a room together, they're gonna end the world, right? So, um, he's just straight up thinking, he's like, all right, well, you know what, I do SpaceX, mm-hmm. let's go ahead and uh, kick it up a yeah. bit." Uh, his he was quoted as saying, "It's important to get a self-sustaining base on Mars because it's far enough away from the moon that, in the event of a war, it's more likely to survive than a moon base." Right. Yeah. And you had some insight on that. So yeah, there was some country. I think it was like five to ten years ago that I, it was either China or there was some um, some country in either very Eastern Europe or Asia that had fired a rocket at the moon. And I think they're, they're, we're quoted as saying they fired the rocket at the moon to see if there was ice under the surface. But they're also shooting a ballistic missile at the moon. So if there was a moon base up there, we have the capability to hit something on the moon. Should, yeah, I mean, yeah. so, like, you know, like, you know, obviously we have right now existing propulsion that does it. Mm-hmm. No reason he can't put a fucking nuclear warhead on the top of that right. thing and then go and blow up moon base number forty four or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, Mars would be a little bit difficult. Would be a little bit more difficult of a of a of a prospect, right. because, you know, you know, because you know we're still you know still working on it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the way that Musk describes, he says, if there's a third world war, we want to make sure that there's enough of a seed of human civilization somewhere else. To bring it back and shorten the length of the Dark Ages. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Oof. It's, I mean, <laughs> I will say, as I said, he's still possessed of some whimsy. Mm-hmm. So the, the, the vehicle that he's working mm-hmm. on to take humans to Mars is a hundred meter ship code name, the BFR. And it's literally the big fucking rocket. So, um. Oh. Some, uh, so some, someone, um, when he was doing the, the interview, you know, suggested that Ma- this Mars thing that he's coming up with mm-hmm. it would be like some kind of um, escape hatch for rich people. Right. You know, y- you know, in the event that, oh, something bad's happened, you know, they, they get in their rocket and they don't have to deal with the, mm-hmm. the world anymore. Well, y- you know, he said that, you know, that's kind of stupid because, you know, the risk is, I mean, more than likely, we wouldn't make it to Mars and right. we'd die. Yeah. And if we did make it to Mars, life would be extremely difficult. Mm-hmm. So um, he said, you know, and he likened the first journey to like Shackleton's um, expedition to Antarctica. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, and he literally quoted the ad where, you know, the ad to get these explorers to go to Antarctica with him is difficult, dangerous, a good chance you'll die, excitement for those who survive, like that kind of thing. So. Yeah. Um, and he said, there's not a lot of people who want to go in the beginning, you know? Mm-hmm. So, and he's right. I mean, yeah, space is fucked up. I, I, 
I'll stay here on Earth and deal with nuclear fallout because space is way more fucked. <laughs> I mean, yeah, because you know, I can even know, you know, mm. for all the science and and everything, you know, you know, the the most theory about space that we have is you know based on fucking mathematics, mm-hmm. and you know, based on, you know, like all the deep space stuff. The 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 stuff they get back from deep space is all from radio waves because right. nothing else that we have can go that far. Mm-hmm. And then come back. Yeah. So you know, we, we you know, and I, I mean, and I mean, like you know, like, like probes and things like mm. that. You know, we don't have. So it, it's it, you know, who the fuck knows what's out there, yeah. really? Yeah. Um, he. So. Yeah. Mm. So uh, on that happy note, we'll get into the meat of our of our show. Yeah. Um, we had been talking. We've been talking, you know, to our fans, asking people to. Uh, not only send uh, comments and mm-hmm. questions and you know wise ass remarks, right. which we've had an uptick in mm-hmm. as of late, and we've also asked people, "What do you want to hear about on the show?" Right. And our long time, and by long time meaning you know every every episode since we've come back, uh, listener and subscriber and mm-hmm. viewer. It's not really subscribe; it's a follower. Right. Yeah. We're not at a pay model. No. Yet. <laughs> Never. Um, Sam, mm-hmm. Sam, our friend uh, from England, who's jacked as fuck, yeah, um, and he's one of the best role players I've ever played with oh, in yeah. my life. Mm-hmm. Um, he's awesome. He's he, he's such a he's good awesome, dude. and he's a sweet guy. Mm-hmm. Um, he uh, commented on our last episode where we talked about one of the things we talked about were uh, the Paul Verhoeven movies, that kind of dystopian trilogy that I love so much, mm-hmm. which consists of the first RoboCop right. and Total Recall and Starship Troopers, mm-hmm. and in my thought those three are in that order. Right. Some people might flip around Starship Troopers and Total Recall, but they'd be wrong mm-hmm. because in Total Recall, they haven't discovered aliens yet. There's just alien artifacts on Mars. Right. And then obviously in Starship Troopers, there's all kinds of fucking aliens. Dorks. I'm a giant dork. Mm-hmm. I'm a giant dork and I actually think about these kind of things and uh, don't make fun of me, but you know, it's just the way I think. Nerd! There it is. So, he responded to us about Verhoeven. And so, if you're not familiar with Paul Verhoeven, Paul, Verhoeven's, Paul Verhoeven is um, a German uh, director and producer. And um, Paul Verhoeven straight up was a child during Nazi Germany. Mm-hmm. And he um, writes, his, his films that he makes, he's a writer as well, the films that he makes um, are heavily influenced by his memory of not only wartime and violence. His films are very violent, mm-hmm. often comically violent, yeah. but also um, by his experience with the constant propaganda that was Nazi Germany. Mm-hmm. Um, from the ridiculous, you know, you know the ridiculous futurist American commercials in RoboCop, yeah. <laughs> some of which are hysterical, to the clearly fascist mm. uh, propaganda machine that is in um, a Starship Troopers. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's... I mean, it is literally. Not to mention all the military are wearing like mm. the dope fucking SS type uniforms, yeah. leather <laughs> leather jack you know leather jack boots and mm-hmm. long leather trench coats. You know, Doogie Howser in a fucking SS army. <laughs> you know, it's just awesome. Mm-hmm. So, um, so yeah, so uh, Sam agreed with us 
uh, when we were talking about, and he, uh, this is, this is what he wrote to us. He said, I loved the dystopian Verhoeven films. And in that vein, I had a question for you guys to answer with the current political climate in the world and taking into account the direction that technology seems to be taking. Mm-hmm. What would your vision of a dystopian future be extrapolated from our current world? Right. This is a very, very deep, mm-hmm. heavy question. Oh yeah. And we'll, and, and you know, we'll talk about it, but, mm-hmm. um, but I don't know if yeah. we'll have an answer at the end, but I mean, we'll definitely discuss There's definitely it. definitely a reason that we chose to do this question as a full episode and not just throw it in the end with our, the rest of our fan no, questions, because this is going to take some time yeah. to sort of break down. So what I want to do is attempt to, I guess, Joe and I, and you know, it's actually telling that Gonzo's not here. This has nothing to do with Gonzo not being here. But the last time Joe and I were together, we discussed our, um, our political leanings. Mm-hmm. That's gonna fa- that's gonna factor very heavily yeah. in the discussion we're we're about to have. Mm-hmm. Just keep it in mind, we're both fairly left wing. Yes, um, me more than Joe, only in not so much in in um, political ideology as much as well. Yeah, it is. It's in political ideology. <laughs> it really is. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, you know, we'll I'll, we'll we'll try to keep it a little light. We'll try to kind of make it mostly geek related. But right. I mean, still, we'll do it, our best to be. Not, um, holy shit. Not gloom and doom <laughs> yeah. about it, yeah. That being said, I it's, mean... It's gonna get there at some point. But let's look at his... So his question is, with the political climate in the world... Mm-hmm. Okay, I don't think we need to discuss the political climate in the world no, currently, yeah. but it's a good base. I think we all know mm-hmm. what the political climate in the world is, and I yes. think if you take a second and think, you have a pretty good you have a pretty good idea of what our opinion is about the political climate mm-hmm. in the world. Um. But the th- next thing he says is very interesting, taking into account the direction that technology seems to be taken. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now, I believe that we are on the cusp of this. Um, and again, I am not a crazy, paranoid guy. Half of what I'm about to say is really rooted in some deep-seated sarcasm. Mm-hmm. That being said, I do believe that we are on the, 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 the edge of, at the very best case scenario, um, technocratic police state. Mm-hmm. I, you, know, yeah. I, I, you know, I haven't gone so far as to say that the, you know, our robot overlords will, will rise up and... No, that's where I come in. Yeah, well, no, but I do think we're at the point now where, you know, our... Every, and it's our fault. Mm-hmm. And going away from politics for a minute, let's just think about even what's happening right now. Mm-hmm. Here's two guys. No broadcast experience. No. No journal. No journalistic bona fides. Nope. Um, I did take one journalism class in college, but that doesn't count for shit. Absolutely no <laughs> expertise of any way, shape, or form. Mm-hmm. And we have a forum. Yeah. We have a forum and, and people that listen, people that want to listen, people that want us to talk about their thoughts and ideas. Mm-hmm. This is the good side of technology. Right. This is the interesting thing about technology. Because the other thing, too, is if you don't like what we have to say, you don't no, just yeah. don't download it. But 
this is such a voluntarily oversharing society mm-hmm. that we are used to sharing so much. Right. Yeah. With no thought about who's watching it. Mm-hmm. As long as some, as long as we have an audience, it's all we care about. But when that audience starts to watch with an aim of and I'm not talking about the aim of finding you doing something wrong so they can come and take you away. Right. That's coming. Mm-hmm. But <laughs> you know, think about it. You're on your phone and you're on Amazon. Right. Okay, so you got the Amazon app on your phone. Mm-hmm. You have the Amazon app on your computer. Right. Let's say you look up something on Amazon. Let's say you look up left-handed screwdriver. Mm-hmm. Okay. So obviously, you're on your phone. You're looking at Amazon. You look up left-handed screwdriver. Yeah. Because it's Amazon, it won't go, what the fuck are you talking about? There's no such thing. It'll yeah. actually find you a left-handed screwdriver. Mm-hmm. So... You've got it on an Amazon now, and you've looked at it. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, also on the bottom, they're like, hey, you may like a, uh, you know, a, a, a right-handed uh, you know, ratchet set right. or, uh, you know, a, a, a handless leaf blower. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, it'll come up with a bunch of different ideas. Yeah. You'll shut down Amazon, mm-hmm. and you'll pop open Facebook to see what your status is. Yeah. And the ads yeah. will be... Sp- <laughs> To face will be really some of the stuff you've looked at on Amazon. Yep. Mm-hmm. You'll get on your computer. You'll pop up the internet. You'll Google.com. Mm-hmm. Google has some ads. There's some of the shit you looked at on Amazon yeah. or things related. Mm-hmm. You know. And we kind of get, oh, people are kind of like, oh, well, that's, you know, that's kind of creepy. They're collecting my information, too. They've been doing that your entire fucking life. Oh, yeah. It's, uh, I mean, I, my coming into this, I'm not a technophobic person. Oh, me neither. But obviously. I'm also very technophobic when it comes to certain things. Like I read an article like sometime in high school about some scientists put a worm's brain into a robot. And I was like, that's the beginning right there. <laughs> that This is what's going to end us, this worm brain robot. So <laughs> going back to Elon Musk. Mm-hmm. He's been pushing really hard, and no one's listening to him. Yeah. Pushing really hard to get the government to come up with a regulatory body to regulate the development of artificial fucking intelligence. Yes. He's, cause he, is... he's like, long before World War Three, mm-hmm. our biggest, he's like, the biggest threat to this planet is not nuclear weapons. Mm-hmm. It's artificial fucking intelligence. Yes. And it's not, if you think about it, it's not artificial intelligence that are going to build fucking... Terminators. Terminators, and, <laughs> and they're going to try to kill us and fire all of our nuclear missiles mm-hmm. at us. No. But if artificial intelligence decides, well, you know what? I could much more effectively control, you know, much more effectively uh, plot out routes mm-hmm. for air traffic control. Right. And one day some poor bastards on, you know, in, in the tower, you know, watching the planes go by, and all of a sudden all their routes change. Mm-hmm. Well, while these planes are trying to adjust to their new computer overlord driven routes, planes start crashing yeah. into each other. Or one day artificial intelligence goes, you know what? And I would actually, being a, a rampant communist and socialist, mm-hmm. this would be awesome. One day 
a computer could, you know, it, it's it's looked at enough of the world, it's looked at everything, and it said, you know what? A lot of things would be solved if we just wiped out debt. Right. <laughs> All debt is on computers mm-hmm. for the most part. And if it just said everything's zero. Yeah. Economies would crash. Oh, I mean, yeah. it would, uh-huh. you know, dogs and cats living together, mass hysteria, mm-hmm. you know, it would be anarchy. Listen, I've, so... I've I've partaken in um, some substances in my time. And, yes. Uh, the I was hanging out with some friends one time, and the uh, substances were taking effect. Oh, is this robots are real? <laughs> and um, I came up with uh, a set of rules over the course of several um, substance induced uh, moments, and um, I will say the first rule that I came up with. The very first rule is you never trust a robot. And we got some dumb people that put a lot of trust in robots. I seen some people duct tape knives to Roombas, and I'm like, that Roomba <laughs> is going to slash your ankles, and you're going down. You know, it's funny that you mention robots are real. Mm-hmm. Because later in mail, mm-hmm. we have a funny uh, email that yeah. harkens back to some of that. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, I think it's just the beginning. Mm-hmm. Um, the problem is, is that I'm sorry, I'm stuffy today. Yeah, you're good. Um, we so willingly mm-hmm. give up because you know it's like, oh well, they're collecting all this information on yeah. us. This is bullshit. Mm-hmm. But you don't stop, right? You don't stop. We don't. We 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 don't make any attempt to curtail our information. Mm-hmm. But even if we do. It, it, how still, effective yeah. is it? You know, our our credit cards mm-hmm. and our debit cards. Oh yeah. Now have a broadcast worthy chip on it at mm-hmm. all times. <laughs> you know, it's it's you know every phone, mm-hmm. and we live on our phones. Oh yeah. I I don't know how I could live without my mm-hmm. phone. Like my entire life is on that phone. Yeah. My entire calendar, mm-hmm. all of my music. Yeah. All of my news, all everything I do, yeah, is centered around that goddamn phone. Mm-hmm. Um, Which that's the real creepy thing is when you're talking about something like some sort of product or something that you might need, and then you open up the Amazon app and it's like, hey, maybe you want to consider buying things like this. And I was like, well, Ooh. let's 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 take an, ex- an example. Do you think it's listening to you the entire time? Hey Siri. Yeah, there it is. There she is, right there. we couldn't have planned that i could not have planned that any better like it's one thing to go oh what can i do for you or hello no literally i am listening it's listening all the time and that's why i always say thank you to siri after i'm done thank you siri so (laughs) that's siri saying did she just respond no she didn't okay that's fine fine. but terrifying terrifying Mm -hmm. um these you know you know you have like these these um, Amazon Echoes yeah you have Alexa you mm-hmm. have the Apple one I mean they're all the, and they, and their their job is to always listen right um hell we talk about you know people hacking into your fucking webcam mm-hmm. so they can watch you masturbate yeah and and you know like these it's, are it's it's a thing and this isn't even the beginning of mm-hmm. dystopia this is just me and Joe trying to put together how it starts yeah 
everyone's like, oh, they're coming for our our, our liberties. Mm-hmm. You keep giving yeah, them yeah. your we, fucking liberties. Like you've given them to them. We've never had a time where it's more just like everybody's afraid of people coming and like getting their information, but so readily giving it up at the same time. Because, and, and you know what? This is how a fascist state starts. Mm-hmm. It's easy. It's convenient. Yeah. We're giving over our liberties. We're giving over things because it's easier than not. Yeah. Because, oh man, for me to opt out of all this ad shit, mm-hmm. I got to open three fucking apps. I got to yeah. find the fucking menus. I got to go and find the settings. I got to get the settings. Mm-hmm. Then I hit the settings and then they email me to make sure that I was the person that did it, that I did it. Mm-hmm. Then I get a code and I get texted the code and I got to put the fucking code in. I just described mm-hmm. um, getting into the Couch Grouch's email at yeah. work today. I just literally described to you what I had to do to do it. I mm-hmm. had to, I signed on, mm-hmm. then it wouldn't let me in. And then it said, you know, that I had to enter the recovery email address, which I have my own email address right. is the recovery email address. Mm-hmm. Then I entered the recovery email address. It sent my email address a message. Mm-hmm. I went in, opened the message, gave me a code or gave right. me a, a click, a, a thing to click. I went in the click, boom, I was able to get in. Right. Ads that I had open on my rec- recovery address, mm-hmm. those same ads showed up on the couch crashes yeah. address. I mean, and you know what? With me, they're not taking any personal liberties from me in this mm-hmm. case because I have. I don't care. Right. But that's just as bad as Mm -hmm. giving it over. I mean, I I don't care. That's not a good thing. I should care. And this is also, so we always talk about the age difference between you and me. And this is a big thing for me because I got, my family got our first computer when I was in like fourth, fifth grade. And Mm -hmm. I got a MySpace when I was in sixth grade. So I've been putting my social life on the internet since I was like 11. Yeah. So and, can, it, and it was because you were 11 because your parents didn't let you do it any earlier. Right, exactly. And so you could... It was always available to you. What year were you born? I was born in 1993. I built my first computer in 94. Right. So, I mean, it was always there for you, but your yeah. parents were just like, dude, you're not going to fucking do yeah, this exactly. you're like so, 10 or 11. Yeah. So somebody could track my life from the time of my preteen adolescence to... The entire rest of my life, my my entire the the rest of my living life, is going to be surrounded by technology because that's where our world is at. Yeah. So, that's that's a thing that I think about constantly now, where I'm just like, my life is on the internet from such a young age, continuing on, and my MySpace. While I haven't logged on to MySpace since, I don't know, I got a Facebook page, but. So, it, hypothetically, it's still out there, and somebody. Can I will find tell you right now, and go listen to Gangsta's Paradise. On <laughs> I will tell. I will tell you right page. now. Um, my MySpace page is probably still there. My Live Journal is still there. Mm-hmm. Do you remember Live Journal? Yeah. I, I I've got like years of Live Journal on there, mm-hmm. and a while ago, someone was buying Live Journal. Mm-hmm. Like they're gonna have access to all your stuff. What the fuck do yeah. I have on Live Journal that 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 somebody wants? Well, it's like fucking uh, Verizon bought Yahoo, whatever, like two or three years ago, and people were like freaking out. But it's it's yeah, it's it's on. You're on Yahoo. You know, you got your emails on there, and you got like I've got two or three Yahoo email addresses. But I honestly, 
haven't sent anything or done anything that I really care about. And then I think about like, yeah, but somebody's combing through all that data. Like yeah. somebody's, you know, it's, it's not the, and this uh, is not the uh, paranoid of technology episode. There's a point to where we're going with yeah. this. Continue. I'm it's sorry. just, you know, and it's, it's definitely not the, there's, I've never said it. Well, I've probably said a lot of things that could put me on some sort of FBI list. I just don't really give a shit enough because I am not going to do anything that's going to have the FBI come down on. Me. And you know where the problem, because the, 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 the government's stance has become more and more. If you've got nothing to hide, you've got nothing to worry about. Right. That's not what privacy is about. No. Privacy does not mean hiding the things that I, the bad things that I do. Mm. Privacy is this information's mine. It's for me. It's not for you. Yeah. You shouldn't have that information. Mm -hmm. Well, and it's like, you know, the, the celebrities get their clouds hacked all the time and have their pictures released. I'm sure somewhere out there, there are pictures of me in the buff because I was young. What I, I, I sent pictures like that to, to girlfriends I had. In did high you school. really? I did. <laughs> and I'm, sh I'm I, surprised with the, what I did to the girls I dated in high school. They never got around. That's pretty fucked but, up. That's a good point. Um, but, um, I've never taken a picture of my dick before. I mean, there was more of me than just the penis, but <laughs> the, the the penis definitely. There has not been a, a nude pictures. photo of me since I was an infant. Mom, if you're listening to this, I definitely didn't take any naked pictures of myself. <laughs> Your mom's not my listening. Mom doesn't to this. listen to this. If she did, she would have way more to say to me. <laughs> so, yeah. So, with that in mind taking into account the direction that technology seems to be taking us, what is our vision of a dystopian future? Um, I think we're well on the way to a Blade Runner-esque future right now. Mm -hmm. Look at Blade Runner. You know, effectively, or even, don't even go Blade Runner. We'll go back to Verhoeven, mm -hmm. that first RoboCop yeah. movie. What happens in RoboCop? A company, a corporation, mm -hmm buys and takes over the Detroit Police Department mm -hmm. and begins taking over the city of Detroit. Yeah. That's happening to America. Mm -hmm. We have a corporate dipshit as our president of the United States. Mind you, the 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 base bottom of the barrel of corporate dipshits, but still we have you know, we need to put businessmen in in power. I really don't. No, because what's a businessman's business? Making money for himself and his mm -hmm. investors. Yeah. He doesn't become president and go, oh, my investors are now the people of America. Bullshit. Yeah. So I do think that as these companies merge, mm -hmm. You know, as as smaller companies die, mm -hmm. as Target, Walmart, and Amazon cause Toys R Us to close, mm -hmm. or Disney buys Fox right. after buying Marvel, after buying after buying Lucasfilm, after buying the Muppets, after, you know, mm -hmm. uh, and mind you, I love all of those things I yeah. just listed. Um, all of this stuff, you know. You know, as you know, as everything begins to centralize business-wise, eventually, it's it, obviously it's happening in our government mm -hmm. because 
corporations and business lobbies and you know control our politicians mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. they they pay our politicians money to do what they want. Right. And if you don't think they do, you're naive as fuck. Mm-hmm. And I wish I could be as naive as you. Yeah. So, you know, what is our dystopian future? It's this continuing mm-hmm. to amp up more. Yeah. And eventually you get out of bed and you get out of your google.com bed mm-hmm. and, you know, you go to your job, which is owned by Coca-Cola. Right. Um, it's the fucking fifth element where mm-hmm. Zorg owns the fucking cab companies. He owns space exploration. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, I don't know. Um, it's, you know, every, you know, I don't know. So my, go ahead. When I think of the dystopia we're headed for, there's a film that comes to my mind. What's that? Wally. That's where I think we're going. Is that a dystopia or is that the, the final result of the dystopia? That's so, for those of you who haven't seen Wally, oh for fuck's sake, if you haven't seen, you should Wall-E. go see Wally because I I love that. Yeah, movie so much. straight up, guys, do me a favor. If you haven't seen Wally, we'll be here. Mm-hmm. We will be here. Pause this fucker. Watch Wally. Go watch Wally because yes, you, will, you the, will never have a robot make you cry the way. I mean, <laughs> the movie's a fucking masterpiece. Um, but so, the world is covered in garbage. All of the people, all the jobs are ta- all the menial jobs. Even I mean. All of the jobs, really, but every job is taken by a robot. The people, all they do is they sit in their floaty chairs and they can order their food. Like, they're essentially smartphones are attached at the side of their chairs. They're effectively naked in right. these, on these fucking, like, are they even chairs? They're, they're like, f- they're like, they're floating deuses. Yeah. They're, they're, like, it's something just, like, yeah. like, like if Jabba the Hutt had a surfboard, right. they just, and they're floating. They're all just like, my 700 pound life like they can't immobile and they're and you know the they have no idea what to do the point of this movie is they find life is able to grow on earth again and the ship's protocol is supposed to be when earth can sustain life again they're supposed to turn around and the ai that's in charge of the ship with the captain is like nah fuck all that because we're in charge now the robots are in charge um and I think that part of it is way down the line, but I think the robots taking over, especially, like, robots are already starting to take a lot of jobs. Not, like, a ton, but, like, there's a good number of places that sure. are staffed by robots now. And people are becoming more lazy i would say i have a bad movie to defend yeah holy shit i haven't thought about this movie in years mm-hmm. it's literally just what you described yeah so it takes place a little bit in the future uh-huh. where like a shitload of stuff is automated mm-hmm. so the movie's called runaway okay and it's with tom Selleck, okay. who plays a futuristic cop whose job is strictly to take care of haywire robots mm-hmm and this evil scientist played by, I shit you not, Gene fucking Simmons from Kiss <laughs> has this, 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 this um, crazy plan to like plant evil chips and mm-hmm. fucking, in fucking robots. And they, oh, the movie is fucking dope. I watch the shit it's, out of that it, movie. it was written by Michael Crichton. Okay. It was directed yeah. by Michael Crichton. Oh, shit. Too, I think, yeah. Um, watch the shit out of that I, movie. Oh, shit. 
I don't think I can even defend that as a bad movie. That movie's fucking awesome. Yeah. <laughs> that movie's fucking awesome. No, I, no, my my bad movie defense is coming up. Maybe, maybe we'll yeah. look at that too because it's 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 not the world's highest. Mm-hmm. Uh, quality film, but like yeah. Gene Simmons and then Tom Selleck, fucking mustache, just mm-hmm. out and proud, like you know, like a, like a, like a, like a shiny set of balls. Right. Just his oh, movie's fucking dope. Mm-hmm. It also had one of my crushes from the eighties in it. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to say what the hell was her last name? I think. Hold on, computers are yeah. great. Um, okay, so it is her. Yes, yeah. Cynthia Rhodes. Mm-hmm. You ever seen Dirty Dancing? Yeah. Johnny's first partner, oh, okay. the pretty blonde girl. Yeah, yeah mm-hmm. her. She's in it too with Tom Selleck. Cool. Movie's fucking awesome. Yeah. Oh my god, that mm-hmm. fucking movie! I haven't thought of that in years. Oh, we're watching that movie. Yeah. I'm sorry. So go ahead. So uh, by the way, mm-hmm. you say that we're closer and closer to that kind of robot taking over thing. Mm-hmm. I think we're closer and closer to the my 700 pound life. Yeah. I, look, I mean, I would I would agree with we you. We are yeah. fat, lazy, and stupid. Like. And everything I, is becoming more automated. Yeah, and everything's becoming Pizza, easier. Pizza Hut just actually released shoes that you push a button on the shoe and it orders you a pizza. So I just lost 90 pounds. Mm-hmm. But the fact is, that's great. Oh my God, you lost 90 pounds. Yeah, but I have another 90 fucking pounds to lose. Mm-hmm. I did this to myself. I know exactly what I did. I know how I did it. I know why I did it. I know how easy it was to right. do it. Not lose the weight. Mm-hmm. I mean gain the weight. Yes. So when I see these poor 700-pound people, like, oh, mm-hmm. well, they fucking deserve it. No, obviously these people, besides the fact that they're gluttons, besides the fact mm-hmm. that they eat too much, and maybe some of them have physical chemical problems, yeah. things like that. Right. No matter what, these are still unfortunate people. Mm-hmm. But the fact is it's happening more and yeah. more. And it is so this easy is, to do. You know, and, yeah. you know, and this is not one of those, oh, America is worse than everywhere else in the world. Mm-hmm. But in this case, you go to other places in this in this world, mm-hmm. and it's not the quality of the food. No, everyone's like, "Oh, well, McDonald's is horrible." Dude, Japanese people are lining up and yeah. down the street to mm-hmm. eat fucking you know cheeseburgers. It's the portions. Yeah, you know, um, look at the. Look. I have two words for you. Mm-hmm. Big gulp. Yeah, I haven't had one of those in a very long time. A big gulp. Mm-hmm. That is 64 fucking ounces of... Fl- Do you know that the big gulp has more liquid than the human bladder can hold? <laughs> oh, boy. Oh. And you can get refills on that motherfucker. You mm-hmm. go to the movies. You go to the movie. Yeah. You go to the fucking movies. You get a bucket of popcorn the mm-hmm. size of your head. Yeah. And a soda the size of, like, your calf. Mm-hmm. And if you want to, if you want to, if you spent the money on the large, mm-hmm. you can go get re- free yep. refills. Free refills. Oof. The free refill thing, by the way, uh-huh. is bizarre to other to people from other countries. Hmm. They think it's the weirdest fucking thing. It's like, okay, so you you bought a soda. Yeah. You drank your you drank your gigantic fucking soda. Okay. Mm-hmm. But then you just give it the cup back, and they go and give you more. Yeah. Why do you need more soda? Of course you don't need more soda. Nobody is that you don't thirsty. Need it. No. So that's I mean, I mm. think we're all right. And that's there. also like I went to I used to go to Burger King all the time. And I I knew the sizes of those drinks and things like oh, the back sure. of my hand. Sure. And I didn't go for like two years and then I went back and the medium had become the small, the large had oh, become no the, shit. the larger had become like 
everything became bigger and I was like, when the fuck did this happen? Why do I need this much? When I was a kid and you, you know, you, you were alive to see it as well. When I say I was a kid, I was, I was a little older, but, mm -hmm. um, I remember when they first introduced super size fries and drinks yeah. at McDonald's. Mm -hmm. And finally, you know, five, 10 years after, maybe because of Spurlock made the mm -hmm. movie supersizing or whatever, right. they went up in arms. They, oh, you can't, you know, it's ridiculous. You can't do that. Well, for a long time, you couldn't order a supersize, but if you ordered a large, it was the fucking same size as the supersize. Yeah. It's terrifying. So, so they, I, I didn't mean to, to bogart your, no, your, no, your dystopian you got future. Some good points, but I, I think you said before, is that really dystopia or the product of dystopia? I think the people on the ship that are living their, you know, my 700 pound life where everything's automated for them, I think they're thinking they're living in a utopia. Yes. And. It is so very much not, and they realize that at the end of the movie, and then, you know, it's a cartoon, so these people that are this giant do end up walking around and, like, dancing and doing things, but, like, if this were real life, these people, when they get back to Earth, would die immediately. Like, yes, it can grow a plant, but you, there's, like... You don't really see kids on that ship at all. No. You don't, like... There's no way people are fucking. No. It, it's it's just, like, that is... I think that is my vision for Dystopia's Wally. I think what's happening on Earth is definitely the product of Dystopia, but what's happening on the ship is where we're going. So I seriously think that we're looking at Verhoeven. Mm -hmm. You think we're looking at, 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 at Disney. Well, mm -hmm. You're not wrong. I mean, neither one of us are wrong. Right. Um, you also notice. Oh, I'm gonna get super political here. Mm -hmm. I don't think there are any black people on the Wally ship. Um, not. The, I haven't watched that movie in maybe like five I mean, years. Were there any black people on that ship? I don't think there were. Wally, black people. <laughs> the internet's a fantastic it thing. Is. I'm thinking now. I, don't, I know. Oh no! There were there, there, yes. There was a black person. Mm. There I was know a black person. The the humans that talk for pretty, like the majority no, no, I'm, of I'm the looking humans at pictures are definitely. Of them. Yeah, I'm definitely looking at yeah. some of them. Although most of these people are pasty white people. Yeah. A lot of redheads. Mm-hmm. A lot of redheads. Um. No Asians. Yeah. Probably no Latinos. I'm just thinking. You know. You know, and and the thing could be, oh well, you know, everybody's blended at that point, you know, and, mm. and you know, but those are some pasty motherfuckers to be blended. Those are some fucking you. white. Those are white folk. <laughs> those are white folk. So, wow, that is a depressing. So, I mean, we could continue. We mm -hmm. could continue talking about this. Um, you know, extrapolated from our current world. I think we just did. Mm -hmm. But yeah, so that's fucking terrifying. Are you ready to get off this? Um, I, th I think I think a little brightness with the mail might be might be what the people need. All right, at this point. so um, I'll tell you what. Let's go ahead and um, go to the mail. And of yeah. course, mail is not mail on couch grouches. Uh oh, wait. Actually, before the mail, before oh. the mail, who has arrived, ladies and gentlemen? It's my wife, Jamie. Jamie, come here. No, come here. Come here. Come sit with us for a minute. Oh, she's looking like she doesn't want to. Come, there's 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 a microphone. Look, it's pink. It's pink yeah. just for you. Oh, good. How are you? 
You should probably speak a little bit more into the mic. I'm good. How are you? Here, maybe I'll turn you up more. Does that work? I don't know. Does there she yeah. is. Hey, hey how, how you that? doing? So, Jane. Hey. We're talking about future dystopias, what we think the world's going to look like, you know, based on the way things are today. Mm. Where do you think, what do you think we're going to look like in 50 years? If you had to compare it to a movie. Oh, I don't know. <laughs> or a book. You're yeah. a reader. I do read things. Um... Well, as long as there are vampires and kilts, everything will oh, be fine, right? <laughs> I don't think we'll be having vampires and kilts in 50 years. I don't know. My wife likes vampires and kilts. No, no, no. Well, I'm sorry. No, she likes vampires and kilts. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I just decided to put them all together. Like, you know, vampires and kilts. They're mm -hmm. the two they great... Don't, they don't work together. Yeah, they are the two great tastes that taste yeah, great together. I disagree. Yeah, boy, I want to suck your blood. <laughs> oh, yeah. I, um, a buddy of mine, one of my roommates from college... Uh, wrote a book recently it's called American Parable and his it's a it's a dystopia that is semi based on Sons of Anarchy I'm saying this because mm. Jamie said that Oh Jesus Christ and, um, there we go It's basically that. the um the gangs have taken over all the different like sections of the United States and rule over different territories and the the gang that is the main focus is in um the southwest in his in his version and it's it's all very like Corporations sort of took over for a while, and then the gang sort of took it from the corporations, and we're just kinda, like it's kind of like the road warrior almost. Yeah, yeah. it's like y'all motherfuckers fucked us up real bad, so we're just gonna keep it fucked up. You know, I was just thinking of another really good dystopia movie, like mm. a really good dystopia. Movie. You ever seen Escape from New York? Yeah, I love that movie. I mean, I fucking a. There you go. Mm -hmm. Not Escape from L.A. Nah. That movie's a waste of fucking time. But <laughs> Escape from New York has Ernest Borgnine. My li my wife loves Ernest Borgnine. I do love him. Now, why do you love Ernest Borgnine? Because his house was at the beach where we used to go to the beach when we were kids. That's not why you love Ernest Borgnine. And Airwolf. There you go. <laughs> she loved Air. Do you remember? You ever watch Airwolf? I've not watched Airwolf. Definitely. I don't Airwolf. recommend it. No. <laughs> Airwolf was a horrible, te horrible. television show. Um, with Jan Michael Vincent. With Jan Michael Vincent <laughs> about fucking. Um, about a fucking helicopter. Huh. Yeah, it was just... I know this song. Yes, you do. Yes. Oh, it's just so 80s. It's beautiful. Because putting jet rockets on a, on a fucking uh, helicopter is such a good mm. idea. It worked <laughs> out well for several seasons. <laughs> Was the was the helicopter like a character? Like, was it a night rider situation? No, it was no, no, no. Believe it was me, secret. No, no. Mm -hmm. You know the thing. The thing is, like, they they couldn't do that because there was no. You couldn't find a, a helicopter in the world that was any more dull than Jan Michael Vincent. <laughs> all right, you put you could put Jan Michael Vincent next to a a a, a block of like just room temperature butter mm -hmm. and you could watch the butter get soft and that's more interested <laughs> interesting than watching Jan Michael fucking Vincent. It might be true. If he's a if he's a listener out there, we love you Jan. <laughs> I mean he's not yeah. a listener. Is he even alive anymore? He wasn't that old. No, but that doesn't dude, that doesn't matter. I mean, you know what? Jim Morrison wasn't that old. He was an actor in the 80s. So uh, by the way, by the way, holy shit. He's 73. And that's what Jan Michael Vincent looks like. Oh. Oh shit. Yeah. Um, <laughs> y'all should uh, y'all should look up Jan Michael fucking mm -hmm. Vincent. That's uh, in case it didn't pick up. On if that's mic, really, 
Oh shit. If that's really him. Oh yeah, that's oh shit. God damn. I, I mean I, I, I was gonna be a wise ass and say like some kind of like Gary Busey bullshit, but mm-hmm. no fucking way. That's fucking terrifying. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well. So Jame. Hey Jim. You like being on the show? Sure. <laughs> we should do an entire episode with Jame about yeah. something. We should oh, find something boy. that Jame likes and do an episode. Mm-hmm. Jame, why do you love me? Oh, I, there are so many reasons. None that immediately come to mind right now. And there's so so many. I don't want They're to. just too numerous. You know, discredit any yeah. of them by not mentioning them first. All right, um, I'm going to turn off your microphone now. Okay, bye. Yeah. <laughs> oh boy, seemed like a good idea at the time. What'd you say? Oh, she bought me corned corn beef. beef. Mm. Good corned beef. Yeah, you get nothing. Yeah, you get well, nothing. I'm Listen, Irish, so I get corned beef whenever I want. Yeah, that's it's my point. people's food. That's a good point. Um, oh, yeah, it's only five days away. Oh, no wonder <laughs> she bought corned beef, but shit's on sale. Mm-mm, mm-mm, mm-mm. All right, so yes. So that being said, now we, th- th- I think that was a good, yeah, it was a good happy segue. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, as I said before, uh, it would not be the Couch Grouch's mailbag without our uh, without a, without an email from from Doug. Um, so let me see if I can find Doug's email. There's his theme song. Do you think Doug even knows what this is from? He's got to know, right? He probably knows. I mean, if, if you know what this yeah. is. So, yeah. I watched I watched Doug. All right. So Doug's got an interesting email today. Doug writes, what are the Couch Grouch's top three guilty pleasure songs that you just belt out when you're alone in the car? Mm. Doug gave us his three. His his first one is Holding Out for a Hero by Bonnie Tyler. I need a hero. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, Zombies Ate My Neighborhood by Single File. No fucking idea no. who that is. I probably might. I would probably know it if I heard it, but. Uh. And the last one is uh, definitely uh, near and dear to both of our hearts. Uh, Springtime for Hitler from mm. the producers. That's the uh, show that Joe and I met on was mm-hmm. the producers. I was directing it. And yeah. Like I think I said in another episode, the uh, I met Joe and immediately put him in a pair of Daisy Dukes. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Well, I offered, I asked to be in the Daisy Dukes. I said, "Can I take a pair of shorts and cut them into Daisy Dukes?" And you said, "Um, yes, <laughs> of course, of course." <laughs> um, so Joe, what are your top three oh, guilty pleasure that's songs? Really tough because I sing in the car very loud, very often. Um, I will say uh, number one. Is definitely a uh, little CRJ, Carly Rae Jepsen, Call Me Maybe. <laughs> oh, I do love that song. Um, there's also, um, I don't know if you guys remember uh, Rebecca Black, who had the terrible song Friday. Friday. She had a sequel to Friday called Saturday, which is actually a banger. And <laughs> I sing the shit out of that song. I fucking love that song. Um, let's see. I need a third. Oh, that's tough. What's a third? What's a song that I just sing the shit out of when it comes up on my shuffle? Um, I got a lot of musicals on my phone. What's one that I just sing the shit out of though? I mean, I sing a um, yeah, but uh, guilty, guilty pleasure, guilty, guilty pleasure. pleasure. Uh, like fucking rocking out to Hamilton doesn't count. No. Um, tell you what, uh, I do a, I do a pretty good. It's not. Uh, 
I guess it's sort of guilty, but it's a uh, separate ways. Foreigner, that's a that's a pretty good banger right there. Dude, Foreigner is on my list or as not well. Foreigner, uh, Journey. Journey, oh, yeah. yeah, on separate ways. Of course, oh, yeah, dude, not Foreigner. That's like the only good mm-hmm. Journey song. That yeah. separate ways is a great I love fucking separate song. Ways. Um, so my first one, I say it, and I feel bad because like everybody likes this song, mm-hmm. but I have a I have a belief that if you don't like the song Africa by Toto. Mm-hmm. There's something wrong with you. I, I mean, there's nothing wrong with Africa. Yeah, get it. Get it. 8-Bit Universe yeah. on YouTube. Very cool. Um, so that's my first one, is Africa. Great song. My second one is Foreigner. Mm-hmm. Is... Um, I Wanna Know What Love Is. Ooh, good one. Isn't that a yeah, good fucking song? Good yeah. Um, oh, yeah, man, that fucking song, too. Like, mm-hmm. that's, oh, what would, the, what would be the third one? Guilty Pleasure. Mm-hmm. Guilty Pleasure. I don't know, maybe, like, Take On Me. Ooh, yeah. Maybe, like, Take On Me. Oh, you know what? Yeah, maybe, like, Take On Me. I don't know. Um, I think take on me because yeah. especially that, that that high note oh no 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 i'm gonna replace take on me i'm gonna mm-hmm. replace take on me i will always love you by whitney houston oh yeah that's a good one too. yeah totally i um, will always love you mm-hmm. by whitney houston yeah i also get a little teary-eyed too because i miss whitney oh whitney dude crack is whack that's why i take cocaine <laughs> she said that joe mm-hmm. so doug Good question. Doug also had a, a follow up. He said, um, mm-hmm. "I didn't catch uh, catch this specifically in the pen and paper gaming episode. What is your favorite D and D class? Mm-hmm. You want to go first on this one? Rogue. Rogue. Why? Because Rogue is the most versatile mm-hmm. class. Is it the best class in D and D? No, cleric is. Mm-hmm. But the one I enjoy playing the most, especially in three point. I love fifth ed, mm-hmm. but in three point five, rogues were what is effectively in this one proficient in almost every skill." Mm-hmm almost every single skill. Like they didn't get like spellcraft and like knowledge arcana. Well, I don't think they mm. even did, but like rogues are the shit. Yeah. Rogues are always the shit. Mm-hmm. So I'm, that, that's mine. Um, so I've only played fifth. Yeah, but it, it's fifth, fifth's awesome. And I, I love fifth edition. Um, I think before Xanathar's guide. Yeah. And I mean, sort of after, but what well, I would remember, mm-hmm. he's talking about base classes. Right. Though. So yeah, go ahead. I'm sorry. Um, but Monk is definitely up there. Monk is Monk is has always been traditionally mm-hmm. the most broken class. Yeah. Um, monks get to do some real cool shit. Like I know a lot of a lot of DMs that don't mm-hmm. allow monks. Yeah. Um, I've only ever had like one or two people play monks in my game, mm-hmm. um, and I just used to always kill them first. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, but monks are a lot of fun. I like monks a lot, and then I also. Especially after Xanathar's Guide. Yeah. And also, um, with the UA revision, the Ranger. Yeah. They, the, they buffed the shit out of the Ranger in UA, yeah, but they even did. before then, I just, I love Ranger because whenever I, when I played like WoW and stuff, mm-hmm. I always played Hunter so that I could get a pet. Right. And so, um, just having that, like, your range guy, and you can also just be like, hey, my pet Panther's going over there to fuck your shit up, and yep. I'm just going to fire some bows. Could also do that as a druid. Good. You could also turn into a panther as a druid, which is, yeah, I know. 
All right. So moving on in the letters. Um, so thanks, Doug. Looking forward to your uh, email next week. Yeah, Doug. Um, I'll tell you what. We'll uh, we'll actually go to Sam, who Sam, who gave us our subject today, mm-hmm. also um, had a um, a comment and then a question. Mm-hmm. Um, my fear about this question is that this could just be another hour, but we'll see. Sam's comment is: uh, we talked about not wanting to live in the Harry Potter universe mm-hmm. because uh, Austin last week gave us, you know, what universe would you want to live in? Right. And you know, we all decided that Harry Potter was a horrible idea. Now Sam's English too, so. Mm. So it says, Sam says, uh, I have to agree about not wanting to live in the Harry Potter universe. As much as it sounds charming in the books, it's also a lethal world to live in. Mm-hmm. Not only can you die at the wave of a wand and no one seems concerned with any kind of safety standards, <laughs> but there are also a large number of fates far worse than death that you can suffer. Mm-hmm. Add to that the elitism, prejudice, and archaic judicial system. You not only go to prison, you get all the joy sucked out of you for the rest of your life. And how they don't appear to have any form of democracy, just an autocratic bureaucracy. Mm-hmm. It sounds like a dystopian nightmare, even before Voldemort showed up. The only good thing about it is some really tasty sounding candy. Mm-hmm. So his question is, also, a comic book enthusiast once said that there were two categories of superhero. The Batman type, where they fight evil because of a personal tragedy to silence their demons. Mm-hmm. Or the Superman type, where they fight evil because they are inherently noble. Mm-hmm. Would you agree? Do you think that there are any other serious archetypes for superhero? Than those two. Than those I'm two. I'm trying to think of think through different heroes. Let's um, let, let, let's let's rattle through su- let's rattle through superheroes mm-hmm. real quick. Because I mean, I'm thinking like Green Lantern. Green Lantern. I don't know if he really fits. I guess he sort of fits into the Superman paradigm. I would say it depends bit. on which Green Lantern yes, you're talking about. You're ta- if you're talking about Hal Jordan, mm-hmm. that's a Superman. Movie. Right. If you're talking about Kyle Rayner, mm-hmm. uh, my, you're talking about John Stewart. That's a Batman. Yeah. Although John Stewart also has some 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 some, some Superman. Yeah. Shit, that is rough. Mm-hmm. Okay, but like you know. I think it's funny that there are the ones who you think they're one, but they're actually the other. Mm-hmm. Like you look at Wolverine. Yeah. You automatically look at Wolverine and go, oh, it's Batman because he's broken and wants to do all these mm-hmm. things. No, he does what he does because he's inherently noble. Right. Because, you know, mm-hmm. yes, he lives in pain, but he's not doing what he does because of his pain. Right. He's doing what he does because he, yeah. he, he, he feels, mm-hmm. you know. Um, I would say... A majority of the X-Men probably fit into that as well. I think a majority of the X-Men are, we've been given these gifts, we should use them for good. For good. Um, and I th- I mean, you definitely have, when you look at like the cinematic universe, Marvel Avengers, I think Hulk might not really fit. I guess Hulk sort of fits into the Batman a little bit more than the Superman, Where, but it also... If you think about how Bruce doesn't really have total control over the Hulk, why does the Hulk portion of him do what he does? Well, I think that's the thing. You know, you don't really know how much of it he does. You know, I think what the great thing about Hulk is the fact that if he's written right, mm-hmm. you get the impression that there's always a struggle. Right. That those characters are literally always like mm-hmm. Bruce Banner is constantly fighting the Hulk. The Hulk is f- constantly fighting Bruce Banner. Mm-hmm. Sometimes Bruce Banner wins. Sometimes the Hulk wins. But right. they cannot live without each other. Mm-hmm. That's a really good point. I mean, I, I would say that 
I, I would like to think the comics are not so black and white. Right. But I would say that it's probably pretty easy to take think, most yeah. of them and meet them out. I think there's mm. definitely, I think the majority definitely fit that two-part model. Right. But there's always going to be something, there's always going to be something different. Mm-hmm. And I mean, the reasons behind both the Superman and Batman archetypes, I think you can put people into those categories, but they don't all necessarily 100% fit those two categories. I think right. there's, there's right. definitely a lot of leeway. But honestly, what you're talking about are Campbellian archetypes. Right. You know, you know, Luke Skywalker, you know, Luke Skywalker does what he does for one reason, whereas Han Solo does it for another mm-hmm. reason. You know, it, it's, you know, yeah. So I, I would say, and we're, we're not going to belabor it too much because it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a male question, but Sam, I would say that I think for most of the time, Mm-hmm. We could say that those two archetypes are the main archetypes, and that sometimes there are some that are different. Yeah. Um, and I would I would say that applies to superhero as opposed mm-hmm. to comic book character because right. this day and age, there's a widening gap and a big difference. Oh, another quick another mm-hmm. quick piece of news. We'll just mm-hmm. talk about it real quick. Um, Neil Gaiman's going to be helming a new Sandman universe. Oh, is he? So he's not going to be the main writer mm-hmm. but he's going to like be like an editor-in-chief type mm-hmm. thing of that imprint mm. since he owns that right. imprint yeah you know so he's but he's going to be writing it for he's gonna be doing it for vertigo he's gonna have like seven or eight mm-hmm. writers doing it and um if you know how sandman ended mm-hmm. it's kind of a reboot um because spoilers it only happened 25 years ago mm-hmm. at the end dream kind of dies and then his Sun thing kind of takes over and is mm-hmm. the new dream, but is the same dream. It's mm-hmm. it's trippy fucking yeah. Sandman shit. So I'm really excited to see that happen. Um, mm-hmm. I have a very special place in my heart for Neil Gaiman, mm-hmm. even more so after I actually finally got to meet him. Mm-hmm. Um, he's a sweet dude, and he's a fucking genius. Uh, speaking of geniuses, have you have you got any farther in Dune yet? I'm saving it for the plane. I'm flying to Florida. Um, actually, you're going to this, Disney World. If this episode comes out on Wednesday, I will have landed just before this episode. Releases. Awesome. All right, moving on to other 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 mail. Um, on Twitter, not even email. On Twitter, mm-hmm. um, Jackie Wheels on Twitter um, comments: Gonzo is a great addition. The trio of you are very interesting to listen to. So here's her question. So Joe has a lot of stories. Some are so out there that you wonder if they're real. So what about a segment of story time with Joe and he Mm. can tell slash share an an IRL story? Um, Here's, yeah, go ahead, Joe. So there are some definite um, grouching after dark stories that I tell. (laughs) That's where I was going to go. And uh, there's one story which definitely has a uh, visual medium to it. Um, the the drillbot story you sort of need to tell in person because there's a lot of uh, physicality to it. Um, so I don't know if that one would be great for audio format. I, d- I mean, I enjoy telling stories. Um, and um, people tell me I tell them well. So. You, you, have, you have excellent delivery. Mm. I, I've often said that Joe should... Um, Going to stand up comedy because Joe has a very, um, 
a very good delivery and a very great energy. So, mm. and I would be totally glad to be his manager and make money off of his back. <laughs> um, but I think if we wanted to do a story time with Joe segment every so often, I can, I can have a story, you know, here and there. That the, there's definitely there's a few that I cannot tell on. Yeah, recording. You know, and I'm kind of in the same position. Mm-hmm. Um, I right. just not not so free with my stories, yeah. but I've certainly told you guys a couple mm-hmm. of stories. Yeah, uh, many of which are uh, mm. grouching after yeah. dark. But like the dog story, I could tell. Sure. Or um, the... I, I I could tell the uh, the mugging story. Mm-hmm. Or um, I could tell the quof story. You tell the quof story. I could tell the um, the is it cold mm-hmm. out here story. Yeah. I could tell that. Um, do I have any other ones I can tell? We, I'll tell you what yeah. we'll do. I'll tell you, Jack, I'll tell you what we'll do. We'll go through his stories. Mm-hmm. And um, there are a couple that are on the edge. There are there are also a couple that I don't think. There's some that you can never tell. Yeah. There's some that you can never tell. <laughs> also but there are mean, some that are on the edge that are kind of dirty, but not mm-hmm. like horrible. Yeah. And that don't like damage anybody. Mm-hmm. You could probably tell on this because this is obviously not right. a clean podcast. And I'll tell you what, if this ever blows up big and you meet me in person and you buy me a couple of drinks, I'll tell you some of the dirtier ones. Fair enough. <laughs> um, okay, so then uh, we've got a couple more questions and then we're all, okay, just about finished. Um, got one from Austin. Actually, got two from Austin. Hmm. Um, and this is harkening back to something we mentioned real quick. One um, of the first question is, what's the perfect... Or who perfected horror films? Mm. Um, I can answer, in my opinion, what the perfect horror movie is. Let's hear it. Um, first of all, I'm going to disqualify The Exorcist because mm-hmm. The Exorcist is a perfect movie right. in many ways, and it's kind of an easy one. Mm-hmm. It's it's kind of like saying, oh, you know, who's the you know, you know, who's your favorite comedian? Well, George Carlin. I'll say, mm-hmm. Well, of course, George Carlin is your fucking favorite right. comedian. He's a fucking genius. He's an observational genius. Mm-hmm. Or who was the most genius comedian? You know, because mm-hmm. um, he's not even my favorite comedian, but he's definitely like the greatest genius. Mm-hmm. Um, or I'll say, oh, Lenny Bruce. Well, yeah, yeah. Okay, first mm-hmm. of all, you're 15. You've never heard Lenny Bruce in your life. <laughs> so, um, I think the perfect horror movie mm-hmm. is the original Texas Chainsaw Massacre right. for a couple of reasons. Mm-hmm. First of all, I will tell you right now. Um, even if you've seen the, the first Texas Chainsaw Massacre, the Texas Chainsaw Massacre mm-hmm. is not nearly as brutal as you remember it. Mm-hmm. You could have watched it yesterday, and the back of your head, you're like, that was one of the most brutal fucking movies I've ever seen in my life. Mm-hmm. It's because the brutal spots are so well-placed, they're so well-paced, mm-hmm. and what's put in the middle is a lot of suggestive mm-hmm. horror. Mm-hmm. Um but I will always say the best thing about the Texas Chainsaw Massacre, and he did this on purpose. It was not an accident. The next time you sit down and watch the original, you ever seen the original Texas Chainsaw Massacre? Yeah, yeah. The next time you watch it, sit down. And um, if you pay attention to what I'm going to tell you, it'll probably detract from the movie, but I'll just mm-hmm. tell you anyway. Color is very important. Mm-hmm. And the film, the entire film looks like it's a little overexposed mm. it's kind of yellow mm-hmm. and the blacks are a little bled and the movie in itself and it's just barely and the sound on it is just a little 
grainy. Mm-hmm. Basically, these little off-kilter things that just make you subconsciously mildly uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. So that your subconscious is waiting. It, 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 it's, it's tense. It's tense. And then, boom, stuff mm-hmm. happens. Also, secondly, Leatherface is fucking terrifying. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, crazy redneck cannibals mm-hmm. are fucking terrifying. The chainsaw is an incredible... Think about how incredibly mm-hmm. brutal of a fucking weapon yeah. that's got to be. Mm-hmm. And it's also, like so ingratiated into horror culture now because of the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. And yet who else has used a te- who else has really used a chainsaw in a horror movie? Right. You know, it's, it's it's you know, it's something that's so in the culture that it comes up in movies every so often as like a hey, remember this thing, but it's like it's always yeah. goes back to, to, to massacre, yeah. yeah. Um so, you know, that's that's mm-hmm. that's my pick for a po- a perfect horror movie. Who perfected horror movies? Romero. Mhm. Yeah. I'll I'll agree with you on that one. Um, my my pick. So my mom got me into horror movies. That's like the movies that she and I used to watch when I finally stopped being a scared little baby when it came to literally everything. The word life. is pussy. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> um, that your mom's like, sit, let, we're gonna sit down, we're gonna watch Halloween. Stop being a yeah. pussy. Um, but so yeah, she like showed me most horror movies. But the movie that I think. Dude, I know your mom. I yeah. cannot imagine your mom sitting down and watching uh, a horror she movie. She and I, we used to get like blockbuster movies in the mail, and she would be like, she had movies picked out for each of our family members. So like, my dad would get like the political thriller, my sister would get like the rom com, and then my movie with her was always like, The Hills Have Eyes, or like <laughs> some weird awesome. fucking shit. Um, she actually, the first one that she ever showed me was the original Omen, which I loved that movie so much. Um, even the last one, I don't mean the remake, mm-hmm. the last in the series with mm-hmm. Sam Neill as yeah. Damien. It's a horrible movie, yeah. but those movies are awesome. I <laughs> cannot hear the name Damien without thinking, it's all for you, Damien. <laughs> it's so fucking good. Um, but the movie that really spoke to me the most, and it's not a great movie, but it really is like my horror, is the original Blair Witch Project. Because sure, it's it also has that thing of, you know, it's found footage, so it's shaky and it makes you feel sort of nauseous. It's and the original, yeah, found footage, and a lot and, of people got sick watching right. that. Yeah, it's and, it's um, effective. It, not a whole lot happens in that movie, but it's constantly you're expecting something right. to happen, and right. that's what fucks with me the yep. most. And that's what like a couple years back, it follows came out, and it was the same thing where you're just like, is that the monster or is that just somebody walking down the street? Like, what is going on? And it's that's the kind of shit that I love that psychological part of the horror. I've never been huge into like gore doesn't really scare me. It just kind of makes me like feel a little uncomfortable, but like that tension of is something going to happen? Is something going to happen? Is something going to fuck? Something's happening. Like that's what I love about horror. You know, in the eighties, um, horror movies had a different purpose, right? Like we use Friday the 13th, for example, Mm -hmm. Friday the 13th movies, you uh, they went out of their way to make these camp counselors or whatever <laughs> the most irredeemable people mm-hmm. in the fi- you hated these yeah. fucking people so that when Jason came and killed them mm-hmm. you were just hoping for something awesome right. like you know an awesome way to die um i think the one that you know like the first sl- the first real slasher films mm-hmm. the original halloween yeah 
And that movie really didn't scare me too much either at times. That was a startle scare movie. That's a great movie, mm. though. That's Carpenter. That's 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 gorgeous. Yeah. Um, horror movies are fun. Yeah. We, we, I, we don't, I don't watch a whole lot of horror movies. Mm-hmm. I don't watch any modern horror movies for the yeah. most part. Um, torture porn doesn't do it for me. Mm-hmm. And a found footage movies or these like bullshit like mm-hmm. surveillance footage movies. Nobody, nobody those has don't gotten do it, it for me. the way that that first Blair Witch got it. People no, have tried they've so tried hard. They've tried a million they times. Just, yeah. yeah. It, it, the, the closest they got was that first paranormal activity, which, again, is not that great. Really? Like, I mean, I, it's, yeah, it's, it's, not, it's not that great. It's the best of the paranormal activity movies, but that's not saying much. Like I saw the first Saw. Mm-hmm. And that's a scary movie. And I was like, all right, it's uncomfortable. And I just, yeah, fine. Yeah. Um, Austin's <clears throat> second question. Um, I'm going to skip. Well, I don't know. I just feel like we've gotten really political today. Mm-hmm. Fuck it. We'll just ask it. Um, Austin says, why the argument, the answer, why the argument that video games cause violence mm. sucks? Um, okay. Didn't we have this discussion in the 80s? Or in the 90s, rather? Yeah. Wasn't this I mean, already taken this care of? This discussion keeps popping up. Every, um, uh... And, you know, uh, you know, what's next? Are they going to go back to metal music? Uh, I mean, metal music and uh, tabletop RPGs. And yeah, I mean, fucking... well, after metal music. Before mm-hmm. metal music, they go right back to D&D. Yeah. Um, y- I don't know, man. I've been playing video games since I was... Four, mm-hmm. yeah, and I played some horribly violent video games, mm-hmm. and I am not, and I am treated. I am mentally ill. Mm-hmm. I have never gotten into a car and gone. There's a prostitute. I'm gonna bring her in my car and have sex with her. They're gonna beat the shit out of her, get the money back, and mm-hmm. run her over with my car. Like it's never occurred to me, you know that. I, I I think the causality is completely yes. off. It does not make right. it. It's like, oh, well, violent movies make people violent because it desensitizes them to violence. Uh, I have a hard time mm-hmm. with that to an extent. You know what? I think the shit that's on TV right. desensitizes people a hell of a lot more to violence in video games. Mm. And I, yeah, like I, I've also been playing video games for essentially my entire life. Yeah. And I, you know, me and my friends and everybody did this. You know, you load up Grand Theft Auto Vice City, you find an alleyway and you just start firing down the alleyway and see how long you can make it before, before the, cops the, come. the cops show up and completely overwhelm you and yeah. it's just like oh man did you see how far like look at all this like carnage and everything and it's just like i was in the room with a real gun once and i've never been more uncomfortable in my life just because i was in the room with an actual gun and my i'm a giant pacifist and i'm just like that thing is built to kill things. But nothing makes me happier than when I'm standing and I do a standing attack in Skyrim mm-hmm. and I cut some dude's fucking right. head off. Yeah. It's like, oh. Because you know, usually you stab him a couple times. Maybe you do a cool move. Yeah. But every now and then, if you got the right skill, mm-hmm. ching with a dagger. Right. Okay. Yeah. I don't want to go out and behead anybody. No. Um, and, you know, the argument is, oh, well, you know, some of these kids are mentally ill and these are, you know, all they're doing is like, you know, um, you know, living out fantasies. Those kids were going to kill before they played a video game. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, well, listening to an Ozzy Osbourne album makes you fucking want to commit suicide. First of all, there's no Ozzy Osbourne album bad enough to make you want to commit suicide. <laughs> you know, 
you put on Barry Manilow enough, I won't want to commit suicide, but I will want to murder somebody. Mm. Um, that's not fair. I, I don't hate Barry Manilow. Um, Barry Manilow. Oh, no. No. <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't know. We could have an entire episode on mm. this. Um, and if we were the type of podcast that, you know, did debates and stuff like that, mm. maybe we would, but I don't want to. All I'd say is, you know, Trump's like, oh, well, we should do rating systems for video games. We Where have you been for the past 20 fucking there, years? Man, the ESRB is a thing. Yeah, man. I mean, <laughs> you know, so I don't know. It's It sounds to me like people mm. are reaching and looking for an excuse for why the horrible things have been happening, mm -hmm. you know, with guns in this country lately, um, and we won't get into that no. that subject again. But if you think, if you you take a couple of logical steps, I think what our position is on that is fairly clear. Mm -hmm. I'd agree. All right, so we got to end on an up note, dude. Let's end on an up note. You got a funny story? What is it? Oh, do we want to do story time with Joe? I, I, think, I, th I think we need to do a quick one. I could, I could tell the dog story now. Go for it. I do love it. the dog story. So, um, now, aren't you made to look like an asshole in this one, though? Uh, no, possibly a little bit, but, you know. Eh, go for it. It's, it's all right. We um, know you're an asshole. So I used to babysit. Uh, little girl, I'll I'll change her name for for the record just in case because I know her mom gets kind of like iffy about that. But um, so we'll call her um, Cindy. So um, I babysat this girl. They had this big dog in the house, um, and so the dog was typically pretty quiet and pretty peaceful. Um, but one day I'm sitting there and, and Cindy's playing on her on her iPad and stuff, and the dog is barking at the backyard, and so little girl's just freaking out she's like somebody's gonna break into the house and kill us we gotta like the dog is barking for a reason and i was like okay we'll go check on the dog i'll show you there's nobody in the backyard it's totally fine probably barking at a squirrel or something so we walk to the back door apart the curtain a little bit and there's a little cat in the back side of the backyard and i was like oh the dog's just barking at a cat it's totally fine. <laughs> there you go just like that but for like you know 10 minutes um and uh so the little girl goes i I can't see the cat. She cracks the door. Dog bolts out the back door. And it's, it is, they had like a little hill and then like neighbor's houses on the side. So the dog flies over the hill. Little girl sees the dog bolt, bolts, runs, goes over the hill. And I go, I go, well, shit. And I, <laughs> I just walk slowly out the door because I'm not, I don't want to fucking deal. I'm not getting paid enough to fucking deal with this shit. So I walk up. But they're both over the hill. I get to the top of the hill and I look down. The little girl is standing there laughing her ass off. And the dog is having a seizure in a mud puddle. And I'm like, fuck. So I run down the hill, pull the little girl back. <laughs> and I'm just like, all right, Cindy, you got to back up. Your dog, there's something wrong with your dog. We're going to wait for this, the seizing to stop and get the dog back in the house. It'll be totally fine. Um, and it's, so a neighbor has come out with their dog. They're on the other side of the fence, and they're just like, there's something wrong with your dog. got to take it to the vet. And I'm just like, I know it's not my dog. I'm sorry. Like, we're going to get it back in the house. What, what did the other guy's dog look like? I was like a, probably like a golden retriever or something. You know, it's a big. <laughs> uh, it was more like that? Yeah, a little bit more like that. See, I think this story would have been better if it was just like a little. <laughs> <laughs> little yappy, little yippy. Yeah. Um, so the dog finally stops seizing and it gets up 
and it starts like growling. And so, yeah, and it's like fucked up. And I'm just like, all right, Cindy, go back to the house. I'm going to get the dog. It'll be fine. She's just sitting there laughing. So I get the dog. I grab its collar. The dog starts trying to go for the neighbor's dog. And the neighbor's like, you got to get that thing to a vet. And I'm just like, it's not my dog. I'm really sorry. I don't know what I can, I don't know what to tell you. Like, can you please take your dog inside the house so my dog will stop freaking out? The dog I'm holding slips out of its collar, goes through a hole in the fence, and is now in the neighbor's yard <laughs> trying to get at the neighbor's dog. And I'm like, well, okay, so guess we're going to do this. So I hop over the fence. I'm like wrestling this dog in a mud puddle trying to get the collar back on the dog. The little girl's on the other side of the fence still laughing her ass <laughs> off. Neighbor's still right in front of me, like pulling its dog around to get away from my dog. It's like, you got to get that dog to a vet. And I'm just like, it's not my dog. Please go inside. So I'm just like covered in mud from the waist down trying to get this collar back on the dog. I'm yelling at the little girl, go back, get a leash, go back, get a leash. She's just standing there laughing. Finally get the collar back on the dog. The neighbor's just like, get that dog to a vet. And I'm like, it's not my dog. <laughs> little girl little girl finally comes, brings a leash. I get a leash on the dog. I get the dog on the other side of the fence, walking back to the house. Neighbor gives me one more, get that dog to a vet. And I'm just like, it's not my dog. <laughs> we get back into the house. I sequester the dog in the kitchen. I lay its dog bed down. It gets on the thing. Little girl sits on a little bench that they had in the kitchen. She's still laughing. And I go, Cindy, there could be something really wrong with your dog. This isn't funny. And she goes, I know. It's just so funny. I peed my pants. And I go, you peed your pants? And she goes, yeah. And I go, well, we're in your house. You should go change your pants. So she goes and she goes upstairs and she comes back down in the same pants. But now she's got this like jar of lotion and she goes, did you know my mom makes her own lotion? And I go, no, can you please change your pants? <laughs> um, and she goes, it's a totally natural lotion. You can even eat it if you want to, <laughs> but it doesn't taste very good. And I go, that's really interesting. Please go change your pants. And she Dips her hand in the jar. It's a real big, like, scoop and just oh, no. eats it. <laughs> and I go, Cindy, please go change your pants. As this is happening, her mother walks in the door. And I go, well, here we go. <laughs> so I unload on the mother everything that's been going on. The dog had the seizure and everything. And as I'm telling the story, Cindy starts laughing again. And the mom turns to her and goes, you know, this isn't funny. There could be something really wrong with the dog. And the little girl goes, well, it's just it's just so funny that I peed my pants. And the mom goes, she peed her pants? And I go, I told her to go upstairs to change. She came back down with a jar of lotion. I don't know what happened up there. <laughs> so the mom goes, okay, you've dealt with enough for today. You can go home. She hands me the money. It's way way less than I deserve for the day. I get out to my car, call my buddy Christian, and I go, Christian, we got to go to the bar right now. I drive to the bar. By the time he gets there, I'm already two Jamesons in. He sits down at the bar. I go through the whole story, and I, at the very end, I turn to him, and I go, so that was my day. How was yours? And he looks at me, and he goes, well, it wasn't fucking that. <laughs> and that's why I don't babysit anymore. 
So do us a favor. Um, give us a give us a look on uh, on Facebook, mm-hmm. um, on Twitter, at both. Couch Grouches on yep. Twitter, mm-hmm. and uh, you know check us out on Podbean if you're if you're just grabbing this from like Facebook or something like that. Mm-hmm. Drop us an email at um at um couchgrouches@gmail.com, yeah. and you know give us some some comments mm-hmm. or some um, questions questions feedback. you know or you know show suggestions yeah, things like topics. that. We'd love it. Uh, I think we're going to call it there, though. That sounds good to me. So for Couch Crouches, I'm Jim. I'm Joe. Fuck on, audience. This wasn't bad.